Alright guys, today what we're going to do is finish um, applying these quills onto this larger 11 inch quill using our great wheel. So, first thing we do is take the uh, wing nut and two washer off the back of the drive wheel, put that down to the side, scissor out this uh, frame, and then put the uh, drive wheel back through the frame, and, oh, nope, first we have to throw a washer on there. Put one washer on here, then once we Stick it through the frame, we put a washer on back, and the wing nut. I think I'm going to have to mess with the uh, positioning of this a little bit, but that should be good. All right, and then we're going to go ahead and slide this 11-inch quill off because we have a quill with uh, yarn already on it that we're plying onto. All right. We open this up and fit it on the uh, wheel and sprocket and we're ready then to put our uh, plying quill back on spindle. I think it's, yeah, this way. It's kind of a tight fit, so it must have, uh, the paper swole a little bit while it was off. I'm dealing with some <coughs> mosquitoes here, but hopefully that won't affect the show. And we're off and running. So we're adding an S-twist because I spin all my singles in a Z-twist. And if you don't know what that means, that means while I'm spinning the yarn from fiber, I'm going clockwise. And then clockwise produces a Z-twist. And uh, that's what all the singles have, are a Z-twist. But then you got to go the opposite direction when you're applying both of those yarns together in a two-ply. <clears throat> so that means I go counterclockwise on the spindle, and uh, that puts an S-twist in this um, plied yarn. Now, I said the spindle instead of the drive wheel, because even though I'm doing like a direct drive here, where... Um, the yarn is just, or the uh, 
drive belt is just going from the wheel around the spindle, you can swap it over where when I crank this counterclockwise, the spindle actually spins clockwise. Uh, I don't do that. You can do that. It gives better grip on your spindle, but we don't have an issue with that since we already are using a uh, an angled um, spindle pulley and an angled um, drive wheel. We don't have an issue with slippage from the uh, drive wheel or the drive um, band. So we don't have to crisscross ours, but if you had a smooth spindle pulley around one and around um, drive wheel, if you crisscross them over, then what you have is a belt that's making better contact with a larger portion of your spindle pulley, and that adds grip to it so that it doesn't slide on the round surface. And that's why you could be spinning the uh, drive wheel clockwise and still getting an S-twist because what it's actually doing is spinning the uh, spindle pulley counterclockwise. But here, whatever we do with the drive wheel is what's happening at the spindle pulley, and so that means going counterclockwise at the drive wheel produces an S-twist on our two-ply yarn. And that's what we're doing today. Now, if you watched the previous um, episode of the podcast, then you saw that what we actually have going on is that our uh, when we finish up, we just pull this quill right off lay it on the lazy kate we can store the lazy kate wherever but essentially we're not tying up this wheel just because we're not done with our two ply and i really enjoy that the fact that we can make paper quills because it's a spindle wheel instead of like a bobbin wheel um or a flyer wheel means that um we have a lot of access to move in and out of projects um, intermittently in between other projects so that um, it's really accessible and like what you work on and when. I did bring out a uh, wrench in case um, I needed to adjust the tension on this drive wheel but it seems to be working well. Now the way I designed this wheel was so that I wouldn't need a wrench. That's why all of the uh, nuts on the back of the wheel are wing nuts, so I couldn't take them on front on with my uh, fingers. And um, if I needed to adjust the tension on this drive wheel, all I'd have to do is uh, pull that wing nut off, slide this wheel out, and then I could manually tension that um, nut behind the drive wheel um, just with my fingers because we don't need enough pressure. If we're using so much pressure that we need a tool to do it, um, then it's way too tight and we're not going to be able to spin it. So if I pull the wing nut, slide it out, I can adjust it and then put it back in. But if I have a wrench, I can just here, then go, here, and then go. And not because I need the tool 
um, for tension, but because my fingers aren't small enough to fit between the drive wheel and the frame. So that's why having the wrench to do it without taking the wheel off is a little more convenient for the purposes of uh, filming. Now, if I was uh, just spinning on my own, I probably wouldn't use a wrench because I've got the time to pull and adjust and put back on. So in review, when this, uh, when I'm done plying today, even if I'm not done with my yarn, I can just slide that off, put it across the top of the lazy cake, store that wherever. I can fold up this wheel and then it leans nicely against the wall behind a door or just wherever um, you can stand it up and uh, really this whole setup is out of the way, um, which I really like because in my, what I really want to have available is for people who are traveling to be able to spin while they're on the road. Um, this is a very relaxing hobby, and so if you have a job that makes you travel a lot, it's easy to store this wheel in your trunk or to keep it in your hotel room and actually be able to just break out and go with it. Um, but also, like, a college student that wants to be able to do fiber arts but uh, really does not have room in cramped corners to have a wheel that just has to have, like, a place in the middle of the room where it sits until you're ready to use it or whatnot. I mean, that's not ideal and a lot of the options then when you get away from that are little bitty things that uh, work really well but they're not necessarily something that uh, when it comes to just being able to sit down and go at something in a relaxing manner and uh, in an ergonomic way I think you know just a full-size wheel like this um, has a lot of benefits. And so even though this is a travel wheel, yeah, it's a, it's a rather large travel wheel that's really compact when it's folded. <clears throat> and heaven forbid you actually are in a, like a one-bedroom in Manhattan or somewhere where you don't have a ton of space, uh, you definitely don't want articles of hobby taking up that limited room so the idea of a folding wheel that can stand behind a door is uh, really nice when it comes to uh, being able to spin your yarn I would love to think that in a few years even a single person living in a uh, tiny apartment will be able to walk to their local farmer's market and buy wool off of um, a grower that has a farm locally. And so as long as you've got the tools in your apartment, you know, you can do the whole farm to uh, product thing uh, just in inside the city. Right now it's kind of one of those deals where 
you got to move out to the suburbs at least, or maybe rural America, before you can get heavy into making your own yarn and uh, locally sourced wool and things of that nature. But um, I really feel like that's changing. We need to start having local farmers that are bringing wool to the market, just like the growers that are bringing tomatoes or cucumbers. We've talked about this before, but it's good to go ahead and cover now. We have a really low ratio here, um, but all we're doing is adding twist to the plies. But uh, because we want to be able to put a large amount of fiber on here, we need this spindle pulley to be wider than the cob we're building. Um, but the larger the spindle pulley is in relation to the drive wheel, um, the lower the ratio gets. And uh, this one is two and a half. It's 19 and a quarter. Um, so I don't know, is that uh, seven and three quarters? is the uh, ratio here. But the grip is incredible because that's one of the things that the uh, larger um, spindle pulley affords you is that it's got more leverage with that wider diameter on the spindle. And so like even if I'm pulling hard against that spindle, it's not causing this to slip because you have so much greater leverage on the wide spindle pulley than you do the narrow yarn cob that uh, you really can't cause this band to slip. Where if I went with a small spindle pulley, we would have high speeds because of the greater ratio but uh, you would get some slippage as this got bigger and bigger. The drag that you're putting against the spindle would start causing um, force to overwhelm the, the uh, grip that the belt had on the spindle pulley. So you're always on this sliding scale of if you want greater traction or um, higher speeds when it comes to belt-driven um, spindle operation. And it's in contrast to uh, the size of your cob. Now that's one of the reasons why a double-drive wheel isn't a great idea. So a double drive wheel, the uptake is essentially being decided by how much fiber is on your um, bobbin, which is crazy because that amount changes as you're working. So in the beginning, 
it doesn't have a lot of uptake because it doesn't take a large amount of wool to get around the center of the bobbin. But as you add more and more fiber, now you're getting less twist because the uptake is faster and greater towards the end of filling your bobbin. And uh, since on a double drive, you're adding twist and winding on at a specific give and take, um, the faster you wind on, the less spin it's adding before you do. So um, it's hard to believe, but a double drive is uh, got greater twists at the beginning of the yarn than it does um, it's a lot lower twists as you fill the bobbin towards the end of your fiber and uh, <laughs> that would drive me crazy and I'm not compulsive but if I was compulsive like that would eat away at me as I was spinning on a double drive it would really bother me now having said that if you spin a single and it's got greater twist at the beginning and less twist at the end and then you spin another single and it's got greater twist at the beginning and less twist at the end what you can do is transfer one of those singles to another bobbin and the act of doing that would flip it to where it would have less twist at the beginning and greater twist at the end and then when you plied those together what you would have is a medium twist on both plies in the center and then less of a twist on one ply and more of a twist on the other ply at the beginning and the inverse at the end. So you would have a balanced two-ply. Um, it would just have a weird property where there was a different amount of twists on the uh, two plies, but they would be equal. And in the center, they would be... Um, you know, right at, what's the word, where it's exactly equal. I mean, they'd have equilibrium at the center of the uh, fiber, halfway through the plied yarn. Although, if you're plying it on a two-ply, you would also still have it um, plied tighter at the beginning of your yarn and plied looser at the end of your yarn. So that's why I'm not crazy about a two-ply. And then when you go with, now see these are, um, I should probably say this is all stuff we're talking about on a um, flyer wheel. If you go with a Scotch tension or an Irish tension, <coughs> You don't have that issue because you control the twist, and that's why um, your brake uh, tension is always changing. At the beginning, you need um, less tension to let the uh, flyer slip and then uh, wind on when you want. And at the end, you got to turn it up and turn it up through the whole process because as you're adding to the cob, the pull for wind on gets greater and greater and you got to tighten up that brake tighten up that brake and uh, that's why you're experiencing that while you're um, filling your bobbin more and the idea that you're ever working against a brake uh, I don't love that because 
you know, why make things harder on you? I mean, that's just um, part of the effort you're putting in shouldn't be working against something that's holding you back. Now, it doesn't matter on a flyer wheel because they just make the wheel heavier and heavier so that they negate a lot of that um, pull or drag because the wheel's so heavy that the slight drag on the uh, flyer doesn't matter as much. And uh, the heavier you make the wheel, then the greater force you need to rotate it. But that's okay too because then they've got room for a large treadle and the larger your treadle is, the greater force it can apply to the wheel with the least amount of effort on the actual person who's doing it. However, you do have to deal with momentum. It's harder to uh, come to a fast stop or take off fast just because uh, you have to kind of build up momentum. think that will do it for episode 200. We have done one every week for 200 weeks. We're almost to four years. 208 will be our fourth, you know, like the end of our four years. And uh, I can't wait, but that's another two months off. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens by the fall.